the Bandroom Podcast is proudly supported by Kaleidoscope Adventures. Kaleidoscope Adventures is a full-service student trip planner with more than 26 years of inspiring student travel. Dylan and I have had positive experiences on school music trips, so we both know how much these meaningful opportunities contribute to students' musical development and create lasting memories. Kaleidoscope Adventures specializes in organizing unique trips to over 40 student-friendly destinations. If you're planning a student trip, you can count on the Kaleidoscope Adventures professionals to collaborate with you to organize the perfect education or performance tour. When you're ready to plan your next adventure, visit KaleidoscopeAdventures.com. That's KaleidoscopeAdventures.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Bandroom Podcast. My name is Dylan Maddox. And I'm Kate Nishimura. And we are back with a guest Woo-hoo. today, which Yay. is very exciting. Yes. Um, it's been, yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, I, th- <laughs> I think like most people in um, our biz, if you're a student or if you're a teacher or if you're a composer or whatever you are, this time of year, it gets a little cray-cray, and mm-hmm. um, it's certainly been true in both of our lives. So um, yeah. I'm so glad that we could share some bonus content with you, as well as a tribute to uh, Dale Lawness, who, if you haven't heard, has he passed away a number of weeks ago. So it was good for us to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. But we're really excited to be back with you today. Kate, how's it going? <laughs> well, you pretty much said it all. This time <laughs> of year, I think, is is a challenging time for everybody in this community, in this industry, Mm -hmm. whether it's exams or concerts or auditions or job applications or whatever it is. And for me, it's creative deadlines and um, Mm -hmm. also just lots and lots of working with ensembles all around the world that are, you know, working towards their performances of my music. And I'm always very, very grateful to connect with people in that way. But it's also a demanding part of my schedule and uh, making yes. time for that at the same time as uh, working towards commission deadlines. It's, it's a lot for me to, to balance. So uh, I've been feeling a little bit burnt out if I'm, fe- if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's, it's not without gratitude. It's like my life is, is jam-packed, um, overflowing, but it's, but it's all things that I genuinely <laughs> love doing. So it's, it's so hard right. to uh, to say no and to take a step back and all of that, which, you know, we, we've talked about these concepts a lot on this podcast mm-hmm. with guests and between the two of us. And, you know, I'm sure all of all of you listeners can relate in some way to how how this is is difficult. But um, it is it is great to be back in the podcast host chair yes. and, and doing this again with you. So, um, yeah. And what about you? What are what are some of the things that have been. How am I burnt out? You up in your life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, no, you know we've been just doing concerts and things here yeah. at Arizona State, which has been great. Um, one thing I, I don't know if I mentioned it on the I would I did the Dale thing solo, yeah. um, but one thing I've been thinking because I've been you know my teacher um, that Dale was his main mentor, so yeah. um, we've talked about him a lot. And 
one thing I do remember when he was here in November was I promised myself I would never not be myself on the podium again. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've tried to live that true <laughs> this yeah. semester, which brings me to this what we're talking about here, this whole idea of burnout, um, especially with the top ensemble here, the wind ensemble. Um, they're, you know, doctoral students and master's students. Um, so often it's very easy to get intimidated into kind of be like, oh, I need to, I need to go into band director mode and mm -hmm. call it all your mistakes. And that's not really who I am. Yeah. Um, so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do the lovey-dovey thing. We were doing um, One Life Beautiful at our concert last week mm -hmm. and told the audience what it was about, or, you know, a, a dedication to Ray Kramer's um, daughter who passed away in a car accident. Um, sorry, she was hit, actually hit by a drunk driver. Mm. Um, and, and just what that piece is about. So I think, and this is a reminder to everyone, but I, what I told the audience was during this time, we're all stressed. All of us on stage right now are done. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what, whatever that is, just put it under your seat just for a moment. And I think it's important for all of us to kind of take whatever that is, just even if it's for a moment and just listen to music, do whatever you love, go try to get a little bit more energy, a little bit more yeah. hope into your life. Um, yeah. So, but, so we did that and it was just, I think we all needed that. So it was really great. Um, but yeah, other than that, just school stuff, you know, all the fun, but happy to be back with you and doing this. And today was great because we got to sit down with conductor, trumpeter and music educator extraordinaire, Dr. Karen Gustafson who uh, I've heard so much about through my dear friends and colleagues, Jillian McKay and Mark Hopkins, um, certainly have told me a lot about, about her, not only as a conductor, but just as a really wonderful person. And I, now that we've had this conversation, I can only but agree with, <laughs> with them. Yeah, it was wonderful. She had, and, and we'd never met before, um, so all of what she shared was, was new to me, other than, you know, mm -hmm. reading a bio and stuff. But getting to actually hear... Um, her journey and all of the wonderfully diverse things that she's done in her career and in, in her life, you know, to actually hear those stories firsthand from her uh, was just so wonderful. And I, I love hearing about people who have, you know, not let go of all of the things that they want to do, you know, still freelancing mm -hmm. as a trumpet player and still doing adjudicating in clinics and workshops, still playing in brass bands and starting a new concert band and just, you know, all of the components of, of the things that she loves, she's found a way to really um, implement in her life kind of on a long-term basis. So I, I feel really inspired by that. Yeah, no, that was really great. And just to hear about her her life and mm -hmm. we've talked about all of like some of the most legendary kind of trumpet teachers and conducting teachers she has been able to study with mm -hmm. both at Northwestern University as well as the University of Minnesota um, as well as you know her career has gone so many different ways to so many different places Alaska of all places <laughs> ended up spending 13 years there um, and hearing about that as well um, was just it was fantastic um, so we're not going to talk to you any more about that, but we will ask you to do us a favor. And what might that favor be, Kate? Well, fine listener, if you could make sure that you've hit subscribe or like or follow uh, for the Band Room Podcast on whatever 
platform you're listening on, that would be super, super helpful. If you would be so kind to leave us a rating and or a review, that really helps other people find the podcast and helps us grow our audience, which ultimately, you know, just means more people get to listen to these fantastic stories from these really inspiring people. So thank you so much to everybody who has already taken the time to do that. And if you haven't yet, please, please do it. It takes two seconds and it helps us so mm-hmm. much. Uh, and I believe actually we have a review to read yeah. out. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it comes from maybe he did this because we knew we, he was gonna we were gonna give him a shout out. But our friend uh, Harrison J. Collins, um, composer extraordinaire, who I met at Midwest this year, um, he he listened to our advice and our request <laughs> and and left us a review. Not one, not two, not three, not four, but five stars. Thank you. This is our review of the month, which is not really my review of the month. We just give, we just read them when they come in. Um, but it's titled "An Amazing Musical Podcast." This is a good one, folks. Thanks to Dylan and Kate's brilliant musical minds. Well, I don't know, but thank you. Um, <laughs> this podcast is a hugely wonderful and valuable contribution to our community. Along with the many wonderful guests they bring in, they discuss all sorts of interesting and thought-provoking musical topics and do so with such an engaging sense of energy, humor, and positivity. If you're into band music at all, this is 100% the podcast for you to listen to. If you're not into band music at all, this is still the 100% the podcast that you need to listen to. It's that good. And I feel like when he typed it, he he was typing it like that, like really like really hitting those keys. And uh, so <laughs> um, I kind of I kind of feel weird reading them sometimes, but that was a great review. Thank you, yeah. uh, Harrison, for that. Once again, check out his music if you haven't. He's a great composer, great dude. Check yeah, thank you so much uh, for that review. That's so nice. And it's it's always just so validating and encouraging to know that what we're doing is making an impact, you know, even on just a, a couple of people each each episode that we release. So, so glad uh, that you feel that this is a good resource for, for bandies and just the general population of people that like people. to listen to things. I think, yeah. I think that's awesome. So thank you so much, Harrison. Um, if you're looking for another way to support Mm -hmm. the podcast we've got yet another suggestion for you a bonus episode and we had a great one today with karen (laughs) where you can hear about all her adventures in the great north the american great north alaska um you name it we talked about it could be just the 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 cold it could have been bears you know if you want to learn how to survive, no more do you need to listen or watch Discovery Channel. Listen to this podcast, this bonus episode, and you will be able to survive in Alaska. I promise you. I don't know about that if guarantee, you do that, Dylan. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I might get sued. Um, so if you want to hear that bonus episode and many more as well as other kind of uh, kickbacks, you can support us um, through Patreon. And you can learn more about how to do that, what you can get, all that fun stuff by visiting patreon.com slash bandroompod. That's patreon.com slash bandroompod for more. And without further ado... <laughs> I'm real goofy today. Okay, here we go. And without further ado, here is our conversation with Dr. Karen Gustafson.
Okay, here we are. We're back again. It's been a while since we've had a guest, but I am very excited today to welcome the one and only, the the wonderful, the trumpet playing, conducting, music educating, Dr. Karen Gustafson. Welcome to the band room. Well, thanks for having me. That's quite an introduction. Oh no, I hope I lived up to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no pressure, no pressure. But no pressure. Uh, one of the one of the the best things about doing this podcast is um, meeting people that maybe whenever I was a student, I've seen at Music Fest Canada or I've heard about mm-hmm. through my wonderful colleagues and mentors. And you are one of those people that I have heard so much about, and I'm really glad that we can sit down with you today just to to learn a little bit more about you. Well, I'm I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Um, so I guess we'll start at the beginning. Where, why, and how did your musical journey begin? Boy, you know, I grew up in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. And um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Lions Bands in in the Saskatchewans, uh, Regina and Saskatoon. Back when I was a, a younger person, it was quite active. So I started my school band, but I immediately got... Um, involved with the Lions Band. I was in the C Band. Didn't okay. know five notes, but the, <laughs> the fellow beside me taught me everything I know. So, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> yeah, so I grew up through that and we marched and we went all over the place and it was a great time. And I, and I had the good fortune of working with Wayne Toes at um, my high school level. So okay. I got introduced to conducting very quickly, if you might imagine. Yep. And uh, so I got to do some conducting in high school. And, and, uh, and then when I left high school, I actually went into commerce. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, for a couple of years until I thought, you know, I just I played in the, the University of Saskatchewan band. Mm-hmm. And um, I just thought, you know, I just I just don't like this well enough to think I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. And I really like playing music. So um, I ended up transferring to University of Victoria, where I studied with Lou Ranger, who was mm-hmm. the former principal of the New York Philharmonic. And not too shabby. Yeah. Not too shabby. Yeah. And I so I, I got my degree there and then got into the orchestral training program in, in Toronto the Conservatory and. And um, ended up working in Toronto for a long time. I played Phantom. I did a whole lot of, you know, stuff there. And uh, uh, won a job in the Niagara Symphony. And uh, Oh, wow. Yeah, so I, I spent a long time there. But then um, Jeff Reynolds actually asked me to take over for a sabbatical for him at um, McMaster. Oh, okay. and, Yeah, and so I spent a year at McMaster, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. I just loved it. I love working with older students. And I mean, I love working with all students, but I really mm-hmm. enjoy the challenges of, of not just working on the fingering for F sharp, but, you know, being able to, <laughs> <laughs> to go a little further. Yeah. And so um, I decided that I wanted to take up university, a university career and, and that, you know, I was a single person and, uh, you know, it, it would provide a good living and, um, and I love doing it. So I took a lesson with Vince Chickowitz at Northwestern, mm-hmm. and he invited me to come and do my master's degree the next year. Oh, wow. So I took him up on it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was. I didn't audition. I was just <laughs> – he invited me, so I went, And um, which is where I met Jillian McKay. Right. Um, uh, I had met her before because we had both – done cg the ceremonial mm, guard yeah. Um, classic yes yeah classic <laughs> <laughs> but a different year so i knew about her so we actually spent a, a great year together then she was doing her doctorate and i was doing my master's and okay and i ended up studying with um 
Well, actually, Steve Peterson, for a brief period of time conducting, because mm -hmm. John Painter was, um, he had had a heart attack, I believe. Okay. And so he wasn't there for the first month or so. So Steve was con was teaching the conduct the advanced conducting class, which I took. Mm -hmm. um, Mr. Chickowitz told me to take it. I, I had no choice, <laughs> but I wanted to take it. So and then right. John Painter showed up. So I I worked with him and and uh, yeah. Anyway, that's a funny story I'll talk about later <laughs> with John Painter. But so so it really piqued my interest. I'd done some conducting. I really had. Um, you know, I, I taught band for six years in Toronto mm -hmm. and uh, and um, worked at the fine arts high school and whatnot. Okay. So so that really piqued my interest. And I ended up moving back to Toronto for a couple of years. Um, but I, I wanted to do my doctorate because I wanted to mm -hmm. move on to um, some some um, university teaching. So I talked to Steve Chenette. Yep. If anyone remembers Steve Chenette. I love he's, Steve. Yes, he's... <laughs> He was yeah. wonderful. And I said, you know, I really want to go do my doctorate. I want to go do trumpet with somebody. You know, I know how to play the trumpet. I want to really get, you know, the experience of, of working in a university and, and mm -hmm. somebody who really knows that. So he, he actually had um, come from Minnesota. And so he said, why don't you go to University of Minnesota? Dave Baldwin's there. Gary Bordner's there from the, mm -hmm. the St. Paul Symphony. And Craig Kirkhoff is there for conducting. And yeah. so I said, gee, I guess he sounds okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I went and um, I was lucky enough that Craig accept, I, I went in as, as a trumpet performance major and, um, and my second year, Craig accepted me into his um, seminar okay. for conducting. And so I spent two years working with him and Jerry Lookhart and, and everybody that they brought in, Gunther Schuler and Warren Benson and, wow. and Michael and Michael Haithcock and, you know, just all kinds of people. And I got, you know, I worked with my, my colleagues were Steve Davis and Denise Grant. And, and so, wow. you know, we had quite a class yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it, and it was wonderful. And I, it really, you know, it really brought around my, my musicianship skills, which, mm -hmm. you know, playing trumpet, you don't always necessarily get asked about, you know, what the form of the music is, or you may think yeah. about it, but you know, <laughs> and it's certainly yeah. important, but it really just enveloped everything that I learned, um, playing the trumpet, you know, doing music and brought it into a cohesive, uh, uh, event such as mm -hmm. conducting. Mm -hmm. And right. I loved it. It was, it was so complete. Mm -hmm. So, and I know my, my, my trumpet, you know, was invaluable. My trumpet playing experience in that and and vice versa and i right. and i really strive when i when i conduct today to think like a wind player mm -hmm. when i'm doing well wind band obviously but um but you know i think it really is invaluable to have a, a really good background in your instrument to bring that to your conducting because yeah it just you don't know what they're doing unless you've done it yeah Yes, absolutely. And uh, it's, well, it's amazing. I had like a, a lot of what you just said, I had no idea about you. <laughs> um, and especially uh, Kate knows 
always how excited I get when there's a fellow trumpet playing conductor. Yes. Um, <laughs> but to hear there's lots of us, I know. Yeah. <laughs> best, best, as I say in Newfoundland, best kind. Um, so, um, but the because uh, I did my master's at the University of Toronto in in trumpet. So and then oh, ended okay. up I've, I freelanced for a while after that. Mm-hmm. Um, so hearing you talk about all these things and teaching at the fine arts school, it's like, oh, there's a lot of uh, cross yeah. paths and Hannaford Silver Band. It was yes, great. <laughs> I was the program assistant for the youth band for a long time. Oh, excellent with Anita. Yeah. Yeah, with Anita, she's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, um, but yeah, and the, and then to hear all, right at the beginning, your first kind of conducting teacher to be Wayne Toes. That's that's not too bad. It's a pretty good. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> high school students doing Sato method. Wow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he was he was just writing the book when I was in high school. He had just gone. Okay. Um, or he was just going to go to Japan, so he was just mm-hmm. starting it. And so, you know, it wasn't all Sato at that time. It was right. just conducting. Yeah. And, and, and frankly, you know, I think Saito is a great tool to overall conducting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he certainly gave me that experience. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, he's still a good friend of mine. And, um, and I've gone back to take the Saito class. Um, both my husband and I do some conduct. Uh, he conducts too. So, um, and it's, it's a wonderful tool. Yeah. But yeah, we'll we'll see if we we can because uh, I I saw him advertise it recently, so maybe we'll put it in the episode links for people to check out and just learn absolutely. learn a little bit more about. It would be great. Yeah, um, absolutely. And the other crossover that I always see is a lot of Chickawit students end up conducting, which is really cool. There, you know, there's you, there's Jillian, Mallory Thompson is also a Chickawit student, yeah. um, and that's only to mention three of who knows how many. Yeah. So, well, it went this way. He said, "And you will take the advanced conducting class." <laughs> <laughs> And I said, but I've not had any, you know, I've not had a conducting class. And yeah, yeah, he said, that's okay. You've been under conductors. And I said, oh, yeah. So he said, you know what they look like. You'll be doing the advanced (laughs) conducting class. There you go. (laughs) And now a word from our sponsor. You know, Kate, I often think back to my time at Music Camp and how important that time was not only in my growth as a musician, but as a person. I feel the same way. My first time performing original music in front of a big audience was at a music camp, and many of the people I met at camp are still friends and colleagues of mine today. 2022 marks the 60th anniversary of the Interprovincial Music Camp. That's right. 60 years of being Canada's most comprehensive music camp. IMC offers specialized camps for all levels of band, orchestra, choir, musical theater, rock, jazz, and songwriting. Students can learn from faculty that include members of major symphony orchestras, Juno and Grammy Award winners, touring musicians, and music educators. Also, new this year is IMC's beginning band camp, open to campers ages 9 to 14. Located at the beautiful Camp Manitou on Manitowabing Lake, located in the heart of Muskoka Perry Sound region of Ontario, Canada, IMC facilities are second to none. With fully equipped cabins, outstanding meals with one of the chefs dedicated to preparing meals for those with specific dietary needs. IMC is unique in that it is centered around music, but also offers a true camp experience, including traditional activities such as swimming, sailing, water skiing, beach volleyball, and much more, as well as evening programs for the campers each night after the faculty concert. IMC provides young musicians with 
comprehensive and exceptional musical training with faculty members who are some of Canada's finest performers and educators, some of which include past bandroom guest, conductor, clinician, and educator Colin Clark, Dr. Colleen Richardson from Western University, Dominic Desotel, Principal Clarinet of the Canadian Opera Company, Sarah Jeffrey, Principal Oboe of the Toronto Symphony, and Vanessa Freilich, Associate Principal Trombone of the Toronto Symphony. They all bring a wealth of teaching experience and performing skills and are passionate about sharing their love of music with young musicians. Don't miss the opportunity to grow, be inspired, have fun, and make memories that will last a lifetime. Stay connected by following them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at imc.ca. That's imc.ca. To learn more about how you or someone you know can celebrate 60 years of the Interprovincial Music Camp, visit campimc.ca. That's campimc.ca. I'm curious, actually, before we, I, I would love to hear more about all these teachers and all these experiences, but you mentioned something in this, this first question that, that kind of piqued my interest. You said you studied commerce for a while, and I'm curious, like, what your kind of decision process was like, if you can go, you know, far back, um, and the, did you always know on some level maybe that you would want to pursue music, or what was it that kind of prompted you to change course? When I was in high school, I, of course, my parents said, you must do something that you're going to be able to make a living. Mm -hmm. Classic. Also. Classic, of course. <laughs> <Yeah>. And uh, <laughs> so I did. And I went into commerce and um, computer science. Hmm. And I think it was when I was having to do a program. You know how we used to have to use cards Mm -hmm. We didn't have the the systems that we do now. So you would be punching the cards and and there was some big program I was doing about um, calculating the score in a football game. And <laughs> and I just I just couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> I at that point and I'd never dropped out of anything in my entire life. Yeah. Ever. Mm -hmm. And so I had this heart-wrenching conversation with my father about mm -hmm. how I just couldn't see this going anywhere and I just and he had totally understood because he was in the second world war when he came back he went to college to be an accountant mm -hmm. and dropped out <laughs> and <laughs> runs in the family exactly so he he totally understood and I actually dropped a class for the first time in my entire life and I felt horrible yeah. because being a musician you know we're we're type a yeah. You know, we don't do these things. <laughs> we we finish what we start. And, mm -hmm. and so I, I, I dropped it and I um, started taking music classes. And um, unfortunately, uh, it just didn't work out to go to University of Saskatchewan. And then Guy Few, mm -hmm. who was a friend of mine, said, mm -hmm. said why don't you um, try University of Victoria? Because there's a new trumpet teacher there and... And hey, who wouldn't want to go to Victoria, right? Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So I got on the train and and went. So it was it was just uh, I just it was too too many little details that I <laughs> yeah I don't know if that explains it, but I just yeah sure makes sense yeah. to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I like yeah. music. You know, I just had to do something that made me happy, and music mm. soothed my soul. Really, mm -hmm. it was. 
Yeah. yeah, I couldn't imagine my life without music. So <laughs> it was at that point I made that decision. And that was mm-hmm. in my third year. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you for elaborating on that. I'm just always curious mm-hmm. about people's paths because I think there's, you know, we've talked about this a lot on the podcast, actually. There's this idea that you have to know right from the beginning exactly what you're going to do. And it feels so scary and uncomfortable to kind of change your mind and decide to do something different. So I I think it's just so great when we can kind of showcase that when you follow, sounds so cheesy, when you follow your heart or just when you really (laughs) pursue the things that bring you joy, um, that leads to a really fulfilling life, even if it's a bit stressful in in that transition period. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, as you mentioned, as you were going over your, your history and your journey, you've studied with some of the world's greatest trumpet and conducting teachers. You mentioned Vince Chikowitz and Armando Gitala, John Painter, Craig Kirchhoff, um, and many, many others. Many, uh, many others. Cross path with. Yeah. So could you tell us some of your stories or just, you know, expand on your time with these musicians and educators? Any, you know, big lessons that you learned or moments that kind of stand out for you in your experience? Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's a few. Um <laughs> Well, you know, I started with a fellow by the name of Frank Harrington in Saskatoon, who was a self-taught trumpet player, amazing educator. And I have to just, I have to say, he really, you know, fired my love for for music mm-hmm. and, and the trumpet, as did Wayne. But, you know, Armando Gatala, I have to owe my career to, because he wow. was, um, well, he was at uh, the Fort Capel um Saskatchewan summer school there was a brass program there when I was uh 17 and I was very young and um very inexperienced and but I was a good player and so I stood up and I you know played in the master classes and one day actually this was when I went twice this was when I was 19 so this was the second summer with him um or 18 and uh he said come have a come have a glass of wine with me. And, um, okay. <laughs> but it was with some other people. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Um, Dave Garson and Mark Lennon were there too. <laughs> so he sat, we, we sat down and we had a glass of wine and he took my hand and I'll never wash it again. No, <laughs> my, my right hand. And he took it. He was a very charming man. And he took my hand and he kissed it. And he said, my dear, you had better start making good use of that trumpet or sell it to somebody who will. Hmm. And I went, pardon? (laughs) (laughs) And he said, well, you don't, you have everything it takes to do it, but you're not doing it. And of course I'm 18 and I'm not practicing a whole lot. I'm not spending four hours, five hours a day practicing. And, uh, so I kind of went, Whoa, that's pretty heavy. And, um, yeah. And he was nice about it, very gentlemanly. And the next year, I got up every morning at 7 in the morning and went to the university, even though I was in commerce. And um, and I practiced from 7 to 9 every morning. And I did um, the things, the lessons he had taught us. And I and I did the warm-ups and, the, you know, the um, Tom Stevens uh, stamp method and... Um, mm-hmm. And I auditioned for the BAMP School Center, or the BAMP Center for Fine Arts, mm-hmm. the next year, and I got in. And during mm-hmm. our first lesson, he was there. He was the trumpet teacher. <laughs> and he said, oh, you're here. 
Well, I knew it would do one of two things. You would either quit or you'd start practicing. Yeah. And so I have to say, I owe it to him. And, and you know, I, I tell that story to my students often um, because, you know, he was very kind. He didn't yell at me. He didn't, he didn't, he knew what I needed. And sometimes students yeah. need that. I mean, you can yell at mm -hmm. students all day, but, but really what it does is it just makes your day bad. You know, it makes you mm -hmm. angry. It's not going to do anything for the students, but just a good swift kick in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> from somebody Some tough love, from, tough love from you know former yeah. principal trumpet of the Boston Symphony and and University of Michigan trumpet teacher mm -hmm. it, it did it did one of two things and I just decided you know what I'm gonna do this and so I did I always forget like I, I didn't know about his like kind of Canadian connection oh yeah that he would always come up and visit that's amazing because I've <laughs> you know I've listened to every recording I could get my hands on of him <laughs> All those famous concerto recordings and everything, but and uh, any um, any stories come to mind about uh, any of your conducting teachers? Well, Craig Kirchhoff. Um, I had my lessons at seven in the morning. Oh, oh wow. yeah, yeah. That, the <laughs> seven in the morning thing keeps coming back, and because yeah. <laughs> that's um, he was at school every morning at six or five, six o'clock. He would be there and mm. working and and. Uh, you know, I just remember walking into the room one morning and he had all his scores out. And, of course, the, the um, you know, the way he studied scores was to make um, a, a basically a chart of the score. And he'd have it around the room and, and you know, where the and, – and so that was just really impressive to me that he would spend that much time being the – well-known conductor and, and wonderful musician and conductor that he was, he was still spending that time doing that. And so he instilled that in me. And, and uh, I'm not sure if the seven o'clock in the morning thing was something because, you know, I was a typical trumpet player and <laughs> didn't, you know, seven o'clock was very unusual for me to be at school, but my lessons were at seven and I would be mm -hmm. there. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, you know, he was a very kind man and, and also a man of a few words, but his looks would would tell it all. And yeah. and uh, so, you know, if I showed up at seven o'clock, then then that said to him that that I was, you know, I was wanting to be there and learning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so oh, that's great. Yeah, he was he was a just such a kind man and such a, a warm person. Um, yeah. Yeah. And warm in his musicianship, you know, yeah. engaging and, and just, you know, one look from him on the podium and you knew exactly what he wanted. And, and, you know, he could have, he could have just thrown his arms in the air, but his face was where it was at. Yeah. Well, there's just, it's, you know, that's kind of a, that's what I love about conducting. There's kind of, there's a magic about it. And, and that man has some magic. Uh, I mean, I've, I've never had the opportunity to, to work with him or to even talk to him, but um, he was one of the guests for this year's um, Midwest uh, Reynolds Institute. So I, I watched him work with a lot of different conductors and then he'd be like, Oh, just let me try. And then he would do something with the, the field band uh, chamber winds and like, Oh, that's how you do it. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just like yeah. he, he gathers people in his arms and, you know, and yeah. he talks about that. That's one thing I just, you know, he said, gather the group in your arms before you start. And so mm -hmm. it's the whole, you know, just coming in, centering everybody and, 
you know, it's, 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 it's a group effort. It's not a conducting effort. It's a, it's a you and everybody. Cause if, if they right. don't respond to what you're doing, there's no reason to be there. And, um, We've kind of we've kind of already talked a bit about um, your interesting uh, path through uh, a trumpet career, and that continues on. But you've also had a, a very varied career um, teaching at at many different institutions and different things at different institutions. So I was wondering if if you could talk about maybe some of your time, well, any of the schools: Oklahoma City University, University of Alaska, Fairbanks, Red Deer College, and now you're at Berman University. Um, I was wondering if, if you could maybe talk about maybe some of your highlights, how that path came to be and so on uh sure well again jeff reynolds really got me um interested in university teaching um when i did the mcmaster so uh i was very fortunate in my third year of my doctorate and being canadian i had to have my doctorate in hand before i could start a job i as you probably know so i was very fortunate to actually Soon. get a job right away and i didn't have my doctorate yet so Craig and Jerry and all my people on my committee met in the summer and um, and got me through because I had I had four months to write my paper and get it all signed off on and before I could move down to Oklahoma. Um, okay. So we did that and I got down to Oklahoma and my primary job was teaching trumpet and um, uh, and I, I think I taught an American popular music class as well. That was also in the contract, which was an orchestration. So okay. orchestration, wow. no problem. <laughs> well, yeah, I know it sounds like a heavy load and it was, <laughs> it, it was a teaching university. Um, research wasn't really a, a part of your load. Um, so it was a lot of teaching. Um, mm -hmm. And I, and I ended up starting cause I had no conducting there and I really wanted to continue. So I started a brass choir so I'd have something to conduct and also because the students needed to do that. And um, I also started a, a brass quintet that I coached um, and, okay. and was funded through at an external source. So, um, so I had some other things to do than, than uh, <laughs> you know, and that was, that was wonderful. Oklahoma wasn't really the fit for me. And so um, I started looking for other jobs and, uh, and I got a one year position in Alaska, which, and I'm from Saskatoon. I love the North. I'm a Northerner. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, wow, that would be really cool. I read, I'd read the Michener book, Alaska years ago. And my father was a big Northern person. And so I just thought, oh, that would be really cool. And I actually had to give up the opportunity for a Newfoundland job oh. at the same time. So okay. <laughs> it was like Newfoundland, Alaska. Um, <laughs> Which end? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I actually said to Newfoundland that I was pulling my name out. And, um, and I moved up to Alaska. I got in my little sports car. And uh, me and my dog and my two cats drove oh, up, wow. <laughs> drove up the Alaska Highway. It was quite a – I love adventure. I, I, I you know – I don't think we'd be in this career unless we liked some sort of adventure. And so the adventure of just going to Alaska for me was really exciting, even though I didn't have a place to live um, <laughs> when I got there. Yeah, I ended up living above a garage for two weeks with no water, no running water, oh, wow. no bathroom. Oh, my. No um, 
yeah, it was a very interesting first night when I realized there was no toilet. And and I thought, well, <laughs> I'll just, you know, go to the bush. But in Alaska, in the middle of the summer, this was June, there is no darkness. Right. And so <laughs> I'm in a neighborhood and I can't just go out to the bush. So, <laughs> so it was, yes, um, garbage bags. And at that point, I sat on the steps of this garage apartment and I, I cried. I just thought, yeah. what have I done? <laughs> you know, a, a leap of faith. And mm-hmm. but, but but the thing is, the guy who hired me was actually became my husband. And we had kind of had conversations. Oh. There you go. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I ended up staying more than a year. I won the job. I, I And I stayed there for 12 years. He had been there for 18 years oh, when wow. we left. And we left okay. for varied reasons. Um. Just like Alberta, Alaska is a boomer bust and mm-hmm. with, with the gas. And so mm-hmm. they were going through some financial crunches and uh, we were tenured. So we had you know no issues, but um, my mom was not well and uh, she ended up dying actually before we came to Alberta. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of upsetting, but yeah. um, I still had my family and he wanted to be closer to Michigan, which is where he's from. And so okay. we just decided, you know, at some point you have to you have to kind of be closer to family and 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 I really wanted to come home to Canada. I hadn't lived in Canada for 20 years and and uh you know, it was just it was time. And we had a wonderful career. We we you know, we did so much up there and it was so fulfilling and it was a great place to work. Mm-hmm. The students were were fabulous. Um, working with some of the native students and and just learning their culture and learning a different culture because it really is a different culture than anywhere else I'd lived. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, there was so much. They were just like sponges. So it was great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. And in, and like in the in the research. For uh, for talking to you, I was able to you know look up stuff and who you never know what's going to come up on YouTube. But you know there's there's some some recordings of you with with the band there and it sounds great. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we had some we did some good stuff and you mm-hmm. know I was just kind of thinking what kind of stuff we did. Well, we were on the consortium for the Dana Wilson Trombone Concerto and that was oh, one of the last That's things insane. I can. Yeah, it was it was great and my. My husband mm-hmm. was a trombone player, and so that was one of our last concerts. And Perfect. Yeah, it was kind of like an icing on the cake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And then um, from there, it's back to Alberta at, to Red Deer College, right? Yeah, actually, Wayne Toes <laughs> called me and okay. said, uh, you know, there's a job at Red Deer College. And I said, uh, yeah, no, <laughs> not interested. <laughs> but my mm-hmm. mom had died four days earlier, and um, – mm-hmm. And I, you know, I just kind of looked at it and it's like, oh, it's band and it's trumpet and it's, you know, <laughs> teaching music business. Well, my whole life has been music hey, business. Hey, that's what I do. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. This is what I live, right? Um, you know, we we did a lot of touring and we did a couple recordings while we were in Alaska and, and mm-hmm. um, you know, we went to Australia and Malaysia and Italy and Germany and, wow. and you know, all over, the, all over the States and did a lot of things. So I thought, Hey, that's business. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, so I, I just thought, you know, I'm just going to apply. So it was all online. I just did it. And then I told my husband I'd applied. 
<laughs> and he said, oh, okay. <laughs> so I ended up getting the job and then they offered him a job. And, okay. um, and I thought, okay, well, Red Deer's not, not really close to Saskatoon, but it's close enough. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, in between Calgary and Edmonton. And so we just, we took a leap of faith and, uh, they ended up closing the program two years later. <laughs> That's too bad. Yeah. So that was kind of, um, but it was kind of, you know, I think everything happens for a reason. Life happens mm-hmm. for a reason. Um, I ended up getting breast cancer the sec diagnosed oh, the second year I was there. So my husband wow. took over my job conducting mm. the band um, and everything and uh while i was in treatment and Mm. then they closed the program the day before my last radiation oh my goodness and then the next day i went off to music fest to adjudicate for a couple weeks (laughs) (laughs) so it was you know and so i had time to reflect and and just kind of kind of go wow life has changed life this is a mm-hmm. this is but you know what you life throws you something and you you can either make lemonade or or <laughs> <laughs> you know roll yeah. around with the peel so so yeah. <laughs> so we roll around in the peel <laughs> yeah so you know we've been we've been doing stuff here and berman has has um you know seen that they have two people with doctorates sitting mm-hmm. here and so they've offered us contract positions and so we've been teaching right. gee this term i'm teaching the woodwind techniques class yeah exactly well but you know somebody um was sick and so we just stepped in and did it and that's what you can yeah. do as a band director you know i know mm-hmm. how to teach tenor saxophone i'm good <laughs> oh yeah. whatever you step in yeah. you do it and the exciting thing is that um they haven't had a band at berman since the late 2000s and mm. we're starting it up in the fall and so oh, we've been working all Great. yeah we've been working all year to get that going and we'd actually just four four or five days ago got the final okay from the administration and the berman concert band is up and running in the fall Yep. That's so exciting. Yep. Yep. And so that's really great. And I'm really looking forward to it. And now a word from our sponsor. It seems like almost every episode we talk about the importance of community. Often maybe our guests bring it up to why they became interested in band. Community is a big part of why many of us do what we do. Absolutely, and that's why I love our new partnership with the Canadian Band Association to share an opportunity for you to be part of a national community of band directors, musicians, and educators. And becoming a member is easy. By joining your provincial band chapter, you automatically become a member of the Canadian Band Association. No matter if you're in British Columbia, Newfoundland and Labrador, or anywhere in between, there is a band association for you. Yes, even my homeland of Prince Edward Island. They started a new one, which is very exciting. Membership benefits include access 
to the Canadian Winds Journal, Monthly E-News, National Insurance Program, National Youth Band Audition Discounts for Students, access to national awards and musician certificates. Not to mention all the great events your own provincial chapters will hold. Conducting workshops, community band events, reading sessions, workshops, and more. Support band and music education in Canada through supporting the work being done by your local chapter. To learn more about how you can become a member of the Canadian Band Association, visit canadianband.org chapters to find info on how to connect with your provincial chapter. That's canadianband.org chapters to learn how you can be part of the Canadian Band community. Mm-hmm. No, that's yeah. It's and it's such an interesting story. And like whenever I was I was talking to Mark last night, he's like, "Oh, you just just let her go. <laughs> she will, she, I can talk forever. <laughs> <laughs> Not that, but like you know. Um, but to hear about Red Deer, I know it was such a, such a, a renowned program with with Keith Mann there it for was. so many years. Yeah. And um, I, my before I came to ASU, I was in a similar position at Cambrian College in Sudbury, Ontario. Um, and you know, same kind of thing. Things started going down and you see where life is going to take you. And it took me to Arizona. Yeah. So I think there's such truth in, in what you're saying. And and I love that not rolling around in the peel. Uh, (laughs) Well, you can do that for a while, but not too long. (laughs) Yeah. But to hear, hear what's happening now at at Berman, that's like, that's so fantastic. Yes. And you know. And you had a choice to make. You could you could just kind of wallow in it. Mm-hmm. But um, to hear you making a difference, not only in your own life, but in, in the lives of so many people who are going to get to play in that band and yeah. to yes. learn from you is fantastic. Yes. and Really fantastic. Yes. And we've been recruiting all year and um, just, you know, it's going to be great. And, you know, I grew up in a community band kind of thing. The Lions Band, mm-hmm. the Saskatoon Concert Band when I was in high school. And I was allowed to play in it when I was in grade 12. And, and mm-hmm. um you know, this is going to be somewhat community-based as well as student-based, right. which was what Red Deer was. And mm-hmm. there's there's something in that that is really exciting because you get the mentorship of the older musicians um, for mm-hmm. the younger musicians. You can really look at the programming and and do a wide variety of things, something for the students to be able to get their teeth into and really learn from, really learn their craft. And But yet, you know, with a community group too, you also have to have some, some intriguing things that they're really going to enjoy. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's about picking quality music um, with different angles. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just I was laughing because one of the bands we have here, our third band, mm-hmm. uh, there's some um, some retired people that are from this place called Mirabella, which is our campus retirement mm-hmm. uh, facility, mm-hmm. and they're they were they they're all past Sun Devils. But this one guy, uh, Fred Birch, he's my one of my favorite people. So anytime we program a new cycle, I go, Fred, what do you think of the music this time? <laughs> And he always is so honest. He gives you so his honest. opinion. Yeah. 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 They always are. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're doing this Alex Shapiro piece, Tight Squeeze. Mm-hmm. And um, right below their, their uh, uh, facility, there's like a, a place called, oh, what the heck's it called? It's some kind of like loud club. <laughs> He's like, oh, it sounds like Shady Park. Because <laughs> of the electronic All that dance track. music. Yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway, but no, that's, that's a fantastic. And I love, I love hearing about that, that idea of, of, of mentorship happening in the ensemble. 
um, it's really fantastic. And we've mm-hmm. talked to a couple of people that have, have also kind of talked about that. So There's anyway. all these really unique opportunities offered when you have like multiple experience levels, multiple mm-hmm. age groups kind of coming together for a common goal. I think it's a really different experience than the sort of, um, you know, top tier, like upper, you know, ensemble at a big, massive university or something. Very like it's, it's a different experience, but super valid and meaningful in so many ways mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. yeah. And there's a symphony orchestra there. So, you know, they will have that experience. And, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I'm just so looking forward to what the possibilities are. And I, yeah. I, and, and having this period to grow and, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's, um, for me personally, I've needed this last couple of years just to kind of regroup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the world has provided what I needed and now there's this new opportunity and mm-hmm. we're excited. I'm excited. Yeah. That's amazing. Very mm-hmm. optimistic. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, uh, given all of the different things that you've done, we are curious about how in the world you balance, you know, maintaining a high level of trumpet playing in that side of your career and conducting artistry and all of the different roles that you kind of play in your life. Um, And maybe how, you know, Karen the performer influences Karen the conductor and the educator and how all of that kind of works together. Practice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I mean, as you know, as as a trumpet player, Dylan, um, mm. you know you have to maintain um, the the embouchure. And I have to say, mid chemo, I did a recital because oh, wow. because wow. I had to. I just had yeah. to. I I wanted to play, and so that has always been how I've been. I I I love practicing. I love playing. I know, you know, for me, it's always been a. Um, you know, I play my trumpet, not just to play my trumpet, but the music is is who I am. And it gives me an opportunity to express myself. So that's mm-hmm. always been on the forefront. So even while I was going through chemo, I practiced my trumpet every day and um, did that recital and was crying at the end of it along with everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, so that's kind of my trumpet playing has, is part of who I am and I you know, I don't separate that from my conducting so much. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I practice my conducting, I practice my trumpet playing, and never in my life after I became a university professor did I think I'd be freelancing again, but I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I'm playing in the Rocky Mountain Symphony, which is a, uh, a group that um, wants to take the music out to the community. Mm-hmm. Um, surrounding Calgary and in Alberta. I play in the LTS Brass, which is a professional brass ensemble in, in Calgary, and uh, which is really fulfilling. I love brass ensemble music. And, and, I, and I play wherever they hire me to play, and I play in a polka band in Red Deer. So um, <laughs> we, gave, we gave a concert the other night <laughs> for yeah. the, uh, benefit for, the, for Ukraine. So, nice. you know... Never in my life did I think I'd be really relying on my trumpet again more than conducting, mm-hmm. but I am right now. But that's going to change um, with the Berman thing, and I and I do a lot of guest conducting, 
clinics yeah. and going out to, mm -hmm. to different schools and, of course, the music fest and different festivals that I adjudicate in. And I never separate the two because they're not separate. It's music. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's music. And what I do in my trumpet playing, I do on the stand when I'm clinicking. If I do wind patterns, I do that with the bands. And, you know, they're not separate. And I just remember my friend Susan Barber in Toronto. I don't know if you've ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah Susan. Really well. well, she's a trumpet player. Good. One of my best friends. And she... She would um, transpose her trumpet studies, the Getchels, the Arbans, the Clarks for her band. And the, she would have the whole band playing Clark studies. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and she played along with them. And, you know, yeah. there is no difference. Everybody has to do Clark studies, whether, you know, <laughs> band or trumpet. So, um, yeah. so. Yeah, I, I balance it by, you know, I conduct everything I play on my trumpet, especially mm -hmm. when I'm learning it. I conduct through it. I make my mm -hmm. students conduct. Every one of my students has had conducting lessons with me because we do it in their lessons. It's, yeah. It gives you that feeling. It's the um, intrinsic feeling of, of tempo and, and, and just pulse and you know, steadiness, and and then you get the external using the hand. and So I don't think of them as separate, really. I practice both mm -hmm. at the same time. But I think yeah. the key is that you've got to practice it. you got to yeah. do the technique, you know. <laughs> you, and um, in both, you have to. So it's not different in my mind. Yeah. I love that answer. That's fantastic. Yeah. It's, yeah. And so, so often it's easy... I know, like, personally speaking, I always, for some reason, put up these walls between being a conductor and being a trauma player. And, it, you know, some of it might be imposter syndrome since I'm at <laughs> conductor school now. But um, uh, but you're right. And it, it always goes back to that advice. Be the best musician you can be. Yeah. No matter if you're waving your arms or if you're pushing buttons. Yeah. Take a breath. <laughs> uh, yeah. Take a good breath. You know? That yeah. sounds like some oh, Chickowitz right there. Yeah. And, and, and Kirkhoff. So... Sorry, yeah. I just thought of another story. So we were playing <laughs> in the Windons. I'm, I'm playing principal trumpet in his band. That was my job, right? right? So what a job to have to look at Craig Kirkhoff conduct every day. <laughs> Horrible thing. <laughs> anyway, we're playing um, Out of the Cradle, Endlessly Rocking. And, oh, I can't remember who the composer is. He was a friend who had passed mm -hmm. away. Um friend of Craig's. So mm -hmm. we're performing it and the opening, it has choir, it has ensemble, um, wind ensemble, and the opening starts in the dark. So we'd rehearse mm -hmm. this on stage um, with the, with the um, techie person. And uh, so we get to the concert and what's supposed to happen is right before the piece starts, the, the lights are supposed to come up. And then Craig takes a breath and, and then the choir starts singing and we start playing. Um, it didn't happen. So we're all on stage. Oh, no. He walks in in the dark, gets on the podium. This is the opening of the concert. Um, and there's no light. And he waits for a good minute. And, uh, and he finally just decides that, that he's just going to have to start because nothing's happening. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so in Craig's, you know, way, he took a breath and he went, 
And that breath, everyone started together. It was amazing. <laughs> but that was his thing. Take a breath, right? Yeah. If you yeah. breathe yeah. with the ensemble, they will breathe with you. And that was the the prime example, the shining moment <laughs> of him mm -hmm. proving that, that the entire mm -hmm. choir started, the band started, and we were together. And it was a recording, by the way. <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> so, yeah. Of course, I've never seen him matter. <laughs> yeah. Then after that, <laughs> but yes. you know, <laughs> yeah. but it worked yeah. out, and um, you know, it's it's you take a breath on the trumpet, you take a breath on the stand, yeah, on the conducting mm -hmm. podium, sure. and that's where it's all inspired. In fact, I wrote an article about that once. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, <laughs> Alaska we'll Music we'll Educators. Link to it or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Alaska Music Educators Association Journal. Nice. <laughs> okay. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if we can find it, man, yeah. I'll, I'll make sure to, to link it. Yeah, I, I think I have it. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, but yeah, no, that no beautiful, beautiful advice, and and you've uh, you've given us so much, and we we still have one more final question mm -hmm. for our main episode. But before I ask the question, I will remind our listeners that the three of us are heading off into bonus episode land, uh, where you can hear Karen tell some crazy stories. Let me tell you. They're gonna be nuts. Oh, They're gonna yeah. be, you're not gonna. You're not even gonna be able to fathom. I don't even know what she's gonna talk about, but I'm just really selling this. So uh, you can learn more about how you can hear that bonus uh, bonus episode by visiting Patreon.com/slash/BandroomPod to hear that episode and many, many more that are back cataloged. Uh, but before we get to that, uh, Karen, if you could give one singular, maybe not singular. <laughs> If you give one piece of advice to up-and-coming music educators, conductors, musicians, what would it be? Well, I think we've already covered it. And, and uh, you know, we've said it. Do what you love and and mm -hmm. do it with love. I think that's – and do it with passion and do it with everything. And, and, you know, you may be worried about the money, but if you build it, they will come. There's that famous saying, <laughs> you know, yeah. do what you want to do and – your career will happen. You know, it may, mm -hmm. and this is the other thing, your goal may be here one day, but life mm -hmm. may, may send you in a different way and just go with it. Because I think, you know, there's nothing wrong with going a different way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, the path may change. The path is still there in a different way. And life will, will always throw you, you know, U-turns and, and, and hurdles and you've just got to go with it and uh, keep doing what you want to do. That's a wonderful, wonderful piece of advice. And as Kate's smiling, because it's another one of those pieces of advice that will stay on it. I like advice that can fit on a T-shirt. Yes. <laughs> um, so this is the next, this is the next in my series. Yeah. Don't roll uh, around do in the peel. <laughs> yeah, don't roll around the peel. Make I'm lemonade. Make shirt one. for Dylan that says that. <laughs> Uh, yeah. uh, but Karen, this has just been, it's been a, such a wonderful treat to talk to you. Um, cause I've just heard, once again, heard so much oh. about you, but to hear, hear about you, uh, from your own mouth and to hear about your strength and resilience and your willingness to go with the flow, even if the flow is maybe not the direction that you thought it was going to go. Mm -hmm. um, and to hear you make that lemonade wherever you go. It's really fantastic. Yeah. And I, I can't wait until the day that we can meet in person. Hopefully I can come back. To, Me too. Come back to Canada. Yeah. Um, so, but thank you so much for your willingness to share uh, your story and some really great pieces of advice with our listeners. 
You're welcome. Thanks for having me on. And I could go on for another five hours, but I'm not going to. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much. And and we will meet, I'm sure. Thank you. Thanks so much for spending time with us in the band room. If you want to learn more about anything we discussed in today's episode, check out the links found on our website, bandroompod.com. If you liked what you heard, make sure to subscribe to the Bandroom Podcast. Give us a rating and a review and tell all your friends about how much you enjoyed it. If you really love the show, maybe you should consider becoming part of our Patreon community where you can support BRP and get some extra incentives in return. Or you can buy some sweet, sweet BRP merch helping to offset podcast hosting costs and investments into new equipment so that we can continue to bring you great content and great people. Follow us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube to keep up with what's on the go. If you have any thoughts on today's episode, leave us a comment on our website, bandroompod.com, where your comment might be featured on a future episode of BRP. Our theme music is Skyline, composed by EKR Hamill and performed by Dr. Gillian McKay and the University of Toronto Wind Ensemble. Stay safe and be well, bandies. Thanks again for stopping by the band room. <laughs>